You're listening to Ink Speak, where storytelling and poetry meet the wonder and magic of living. I'm your captain, author, poet, and unearther of life, Maverick Malone. Poseidon's Call The salt air whispers a promise in my ear, sweetly, gently pulls me into her tide, rocks me softly over waves like a mother's embrace tells me that here, in this stillness, this calm, this ever-changing place, holds new beginnings shimmering just beneath her surface, and a rich fullness that only the sea can bring. Here lies the rebirth and breath, the nourishment I crave, the very core of my being, and the beginning and end of everything, in the quiet space between." podcast fam. This is going to be a shorter episode today. It's day two of my Floridian travel adventures, and today has found me changing locations. I woke up this morning to a downpour, not just rain, but that stereotypical Florida rain, you know, the kind that comes in sideways and goes on in every direction as far as the eye can see. Not exactly the idea I had in mind when I first decided to escape to the beach. So I did what any stubborn woman who just drove eight hours in a car in search of a sunny white sand beach hell-bent on getting some relaxation and rest would do. I said, fuck that, and used Google like a magic eight ball, shaking it until I got the answer I wanted. I looked at the forecast and found where the nearest beach would be that showed only sun. Because if you don't like the weather, change it. I found my son and some coffee and have been sitting here on the beach for the past two hours, draining my phone's battery and writing things because I'm sitting still, because I'm clearing my head, because I'm shelving the guilt or trying to and corralling all of the things I'm, quote, supposed to do into a corner and putting up the auto reply. And really, you guys, you should see the ones I actually post as my out of office messages when I leave my desk job. They're pretty entertaining. I think the one I posted for this trip was Star Wars themed, but it's not so easy to do that with your brain. Email is one thing, but in our heads, it's like we have this eternal post-it note with all the things we should be doing or could be doing. When one of those things comes to the forefront of my mind, I've been practicing letting my out-of-office response answer. No, thank you. I'm entirely too busy right now doing absolutely nothing. Return to sender. Click. And as I'm sitting here, making rest the Olympic sport that it is, or should be, the thoughts come in. When we clear our heads, it's incredible what we can actually hear, what comes through. We lighten our loads. We lift our spirits. By connecting to this peace, we feel a little less alone and a lot more alive. But it is a muscle we must learn to flex. The shelving of the pesky and annoying tasks and the worries, the concerns, the things that make us anxious and weigh us down. We have to learn not to feed the beast. You are someone with a big heart. And the double-edged side of that is that because it is so big, it can often be heavy. Big things weigh a lot. But you beat that weight by allowing yourself to change and experience the vast array of emotions there. You look at the sky and the arrangement of clouds and see a framed painting. You hear the gulls and the waves and it becomes a song. You witness suffering and pain and feel it so deeply in your veins because you know what that is like. There's two sides there. But the magnanimity of you is that you have this thing you do. It's called making space, being brave. It's called 
believing and having the patience that things will change. The rain today is the sun tomorrow, and the sun tomorrow is next week's storm. Weather patterns are just like us, but unlike the weather, we can outrun it. Maybe not all the time, but we can find some silver lining there in everything we do. And if the rain is still coming, change the weather. I left St. George this morning because of the literal downpour. I woke up to a monsoon and the forecast showed it would rain for the next three hours and then be overcast without any sun for the rest of the day. So I decided to chase sun instead. I skipped town and went up the coast to Mexico Beach, about 45 minutes west of East Point, where I knew there'd be sun. And you know what? There was not only sun, but it was a nearly empty beach, very few people, and I had my quintessential perfect beach day. I think this is the same when we have bad days. We can't physically remove our upsetting or uncomfortable and unpleasant emotions and situations, but we can find something that helps us get through them. We can find the sun. Maybe for you, that's taking a day off from work or talking it out with a friend or honestly just sitting with it and feeling it for a little bit. When we can lean in and find the lesson, our internal weather patterns change. As for me, I came to the beach on this trip for a few reasons namely absolute mental and physical exhaustion, and I still, even here, am grappling with some guilt. Guilt for taking so much time off work, guilt for leaving my daughter. She's with her dad for a few days, and I'm seeing her extra when I'm back, and here I am over-explaining again, as if I need to justify why I left. This is so common for us moms and women, isn't it? Point blank, I felt, maybe feel is more correct, guilt for taking time to rest. As a society, we're taught rest is not productive. And even my friend Danielle pointed out the irony in using that phrase, that we even have to speak about rest in conjunction with productivity, that we should be constantly going, going, going until we're so far gone and look down to notice we've lost so much of ourselves along the way. And we say, how did I get here? Where did I go? And we wonder why we're depressed, anxious, overwhelmed, exhausted, and unfulfilled. Many people's solutions for this is pills, which is way too normalized, and I don't think should be the knee-jerk response, but I get the need for them in the interim. But maybe if we as a collective society began to exemplify this, that taking a mental health day, hell, a mental health week, will see us coming back alive and re-energized. That lunch breaks that force you out of the office and into the sunshine should be mandatory. But maybe offices should close down for said lunch breaks to alleviate some of that guilt. When our to-do lists get so incredibly long, we easily become overwhelmed. There's an element of analysis paralysis here, a, a kind of choicelessness. Having so many choices and being so overwhelmed by so many options, so many shoulds, that you choose none of them. I even experience this when I'm at the grocery store or sitting at dinner trying to just pick an item to order or something to buy, something that I want to try. There's too many and I just can't make a decision. And when we have so many things piling up on our mental to-do lists of tasks and chores, inevitably rest falls at the bottom of those lists. But the thing is, rest is a choice. But sometimes we swat at it so much until rest forces our hand. We get sick. Something happens that requires us to stay home. The universe steps in, or it completely blindsides and bitch slaps us. I've experienced both. This has happened to me a lot along my journey because I did not prioritize rest. 
In fact, I did not prioritize rest for decades. And as such, I got hit with a whole host of problems that launched my body into 24-7 fear and flight mode for months. My body had to scream so incredibly loud before I would listen and finally just slow down. I think sometimes things like this or some other big life event, a relationship's end, a divorce, a medical emergency, a near-death experience, have to happen to wake us up, have to occur before we can recognize that what we've been doing hasn't been working for us. We become so ingrained in the hustle, in our nine-to-fives, in pouring ourselves into everything but ourselves that we stay blind. We distract from the actual problems at hand. We think rest equates with being lazy. So to tackle the guilt, we first have to redefine what rest even means to us and really stop and think about why we need it. We have to change our belief around what rest means. And if you haven't ever tried EFT, which stands for Emotional Freedom Technique, I urge you to look it up and do some tapping videos from YouTube. This is my number one modality of changing limiting beliefs. The thing is, though, rest is the foundation we need to build ourselves on. When we don't rest, we're simply not going to be our best selves. We're agitated, tired, on edge. To be cliche here, we're pouring from an empty cup. We're handing out 85 oxygen masks to a plane full of passengers and hoping there might be one left for us as the plane is going down. You know, if we get around to it, if we have the time to put our own over our face in the end. But really, you're not the hero here. You're not even a passenger or the oxygen mask. You're the plane. And if you don't take care of yourself, your instruments fail, and you're going to totally lose any and all sense of direction and probably crash and burn. And we've all experienced burnout before. It's not fun. And that whole time when we're busy taking care of others, of ticking items off of our list, we still feel this kind of soul exhaustion, an aching emptiness, or at the very least, we sense that something is off and maybe we aren't really as happy as we could be. And we keep pacifying ourselves by making excuses. As long as the kids are happy, as long as he, she, they are happy, as long as the bills are paid, as long as I'm safe. But really, are you safe? Is this state of being, this exhaustion and overworked, overrun, hollow ache, truly what safety means? Sure, externally you're safe. You have shelter, food, a job, some amount of love, I'm sure, but I know you want more. I think rest is how we answer the question of more. At some point, we find ourselves at such a huge crossroads where there is this infinite horizon of choices, of roads less traveled singing your name, beckoning, but we don't know which to choose. We have no direction, purpose, clarity, at least not that we can hear. It's not loud enough for us to pick up that quiet language because we haven't learned it yet. And with all of the noise of life, of our shoulds and obligations, the pressure others put on us, and especially the pressure we put on ourselves, we don't know what to do. And it's this kind of internal chaos that can be very, very tricky. When we're unsure of ourselves, of our truth, we can so easily fall into the trap of outsourcing our choices. We ask our family, our friends, we fall down Google rabbit holes seeking advice, and none of this is bad, but it can overshadow those very gentle nudges you may have felt about what you know you need to do. And it can sometimes drown them out if it contradicts your truth and can fill you with doubt and confusion. Rest is how we hear that inner voice. When my body was forced into this healing journey and I slowed down, that inner voice 
eventually grew so loud I couldn't ignore her anymore. I clearly and so often heard what it was I had to do. Rest is important for so many reasons, but I think the number one is always clarity. Okay, and to keep you from getting sick. And I don't just mean physically. The spirit gets tired too. Sometimes you really just need to plop yourself down on a couch or some grass and take stock of your day, of yourself, of your life. You know, I hadn't journaled any podcasty type thoughts for months. I was too bogged down with the day-to-day living and the buying and selling of my house, then the stress of having to do it all on my own, save for a little help from some very special people. And I felt like I had disconnected from that creative part of myself. Why wasn't I writing endlessly into the night anymore? Why wasn't I excitedly reciting my latest poem to my friends? Why wasn't I feeling confident and badass and limitless? Because I hadn't sufficiently rested. I couldn't write a coherent thought because they couldn't be reached. I had screamed into the void and been placed on a very long hold. And check out my July 8th Instagram post if you want to read that poem. Spoiler alert, it was about a very bad trip turned spiritual experience I had from doing too much cannabis. But suffice to say, we can't be clear channels for anything when we don't rest. You are someone who sees life as a thing to be witnessed, experienced, lived, who wants a life filled with passion and purpose. And until you clean house, metaphorically first, because then the literal, the external, will inevitably follow, you won't be able to hear your own guidance. You won't reach your creativity, your joy, your peace. There won't be any room for it with the mental and emotional clutter you've let pile up all over your being. There's research that shows rest helps you concentrate more. It increases productivity and stimulates creativity. Rest reduces stress, restores your energy reserves to do not only the things you love, but also to tackle those growing to-do lists. And rest also boosts your immune system. The point is, many of us simply don't know how to rest, or rather, we just can't. Our minds are whirring terribly loudly in the background at all times, and we struggle with this layer of guilt on top of that. How can we take time out of our day to sit and be still for even an hour? If you're so far gone that you're lost right now, don't lose hope, because you can always find your way back. Start small. Take a nap. My boyfriend Jake has this as a superpower, to fall asleep anywhere and everywhere. On tea shop tables, in libraries, in cars. Honestly, I'm kind of jealous. But even if you're not the napping type, you don't have to physically sleep for it to count as rest. Rest can mean all kinds of things. Rest can simply be slowing down. Instead of a high-intensity cardio workout, take a yoga class or gently stretch at home. Make it intentional and magical. Light your favorite candle, turn the lights down low, play some spa music. Brew some tea and sit down with a cozy blanket and a book. Paint or draw with no intention of it having to mean anything or be anything good. Just let it all be and come through on the paper. If you're me, you're going to write a poem or 33. Play music and lay on your bed. Stare at the ceiling. Stare out the window. Daydream. Take time and pleasure in cooking a nutritious dinner. Sit at your computer and plan some incredible trip. Remove all intentions of taking it. Or hell, maybe do. Switch your phone to airplane mode. I highly recommend taking regular dopamine detoxes in the form of boycotting social media and scheduling periods of the day to put your phone on silent or airplane mode if you can to minimize distractions and more on that later. Zone out with a favorite TV show, 
take a bath instead of a shower or take a shower in a new way by candlelight. I love doing this. It hits different. And the soft lighting makes it look like you're bathing in clouds from the shower steam. Stargaze. Go for a bike ride or a hike. If there's one suggestion I prize above all else, it's nature. Nature is the best medicine next to love. It's a natural antidepressant. Spending time in nature increases dopamine and serotonin in our brains, those famous chemicals that we so love. Dopamine allows us to feel satisfaction, pleasure, and motivation, and serotonin helps regulate mood, sleep, digestion, and promotes healing, among so many others. Nature plays a vital role in reducing anger, stress, and aggression. Quite simply, it clears our heads and flushes out our internal chaos to help bring us back into balance. So if you can, pick some place beautiful you haven't been yet. A mountain overlook, a waterfall hike, a folklore-esque fairy tale forest trail, or just bring a picnic blanket, some nourishing food, and go to the park for a few hours. There's something innately healing about recharging in nature. When I'm in nature, I feel so at peace. Without the bustling noise of the city, without the metal and brick and concrete, I feel most like me, splayed out on a beach or lounging on a big rock by the river. I feel a kind of beautiful simplicity, of familiarity, one of being ancient, of past lives lived, that I've done this before, that I've spent so many lives with majority of my time surrounded by nature's many landscapes. Doing your time out in nature is a fast track to healing. I think it's why so many people escape to the mountains or decide to hike some insanely long trail or retreat to a shack by the beach and hole up in solitude in order to facilitate the deep healing and rest we need or to just find ourselves in times of crises. It's easier to hear ourselves when we can turn down the noise of everything else. Like now, I'm sitting, okay, at least at the time of writing this, on a beach with no one else around me. It's waves and wind and yes, Definitely some construction from the townhomes behind me, but it's just me. No friends, no family. Going it alone in hermit mode because my soul asked me to. She also promised tacos, and if you find yourself here in Mexico Beach, go to Taqueria Las Brasitas. It's a small cash-only food truck in an empty dirt parking lot that honestly seemed slightly questionable, but served some of the most authentic street tacos I've ever had. So maybe what you really need is some fire tacos and a beach some sort of retreat. And it doesn't have to be expensive at all. I booked the cheapest Airbnb I could find, which is literally in a converted shed, and hopped in my car and went. I'm not staying at some luxury high-rise or 30A picturesque beach bungalow that costs millions. Not even close. I'm not rich. At least not in the financial sense. Not yet. But you don't need a bunch of money to afford rest. You just need intention and the conviction of saying yes to yourself and prioritizing you. You can retreat just for the evening. Where's someplace in your city or town that you haven't yet been? Or someplace you can go that's quiet? A library? A bookstore? A cafe? Or some scenic outdoor space? Go there for a little bit. But if you have the means to, I would suggest jumping online and searching for somewhere to go for an overnight stay or for a few days. Go camping or glamping. There are so many incredible cheap options for this that are out there in the middle of nowhere. I've stayed at some really cool places, and it seems they always find me. Campers and RVs and cabins, a hobbit hole in the woods, a shed 10 minutes from the beach. Tolkien said, not all who wander are lost, and I think that's the goal. To get to this place where you are a traveler of life, not a tourist. You're not flitting around from this thing to that, from that task to this, 
escaping this moment because the six others waiting in the wings require multitasking, cleaning, doing. We get lost because we don't take time to wander. We don't wander because we're too tired. We're too tired because we're letting life happen to us rather than for us. We're lost because we haven't granted ourselves the time required to find ourselves. We're lost because we don't rest to get our bearings. Let life be intentional, purposeful. Find your joy in the little moments and schedule time for rest. You can't seize the day if you're constantly under siege. You can't become if you won't let it be. Incoming second cliche metaphor, but the butterfly is such a great example of this. The caterpillar doesn't become a butterfly by acting like a busy bee. It literally allows its body to liquefy inside the protective chrysalis before it becomes something new. Without rest, this just isn't possible. Put the world on pause for a little bit. If you're going through something right now, or even if you're just too burnt out from home, school, or work life, or whatever is going on, just stop. Breathe. Everything else can wait, but your life won't. And by life, I just mean you. What's destined for you in this life. The you you're meant to become. The things you're supposed to do. The you meant for you. The you you chose to be in this life and all the experiences that version of you is bringing won't occur if you don't stand still once in a while to rest and to hear where to go next. The stillness will bring a softness and awareness, a wonder you didn't see before. It won't just show you the door, it will open it. A tiny little bit at first, enough to grab your attention, and then it will most likely at some point rip tide you into it, and you'll be glad you took the time to notice it in the first place. So go, nap, slow down, rest, stop, look, and listen, feel what you feel, hear what you hear, see what you see. And if not, call me. I will gladly buy you tacos and take you to the beach. Thanks for sticking around until the very end. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support my one woman show, please subscribe and share it on social media or leave a rating and review. Reviews will help this pod to be found more easily and that in turn helps this whole thing grow. To catch the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Mav Malone. Let's connect. My DMs are always open and I'd love to hear from you. If you want to stay up to date on the latest events, books, and podcast episode releases, please head to my website, maverickmalone.com and sign up for my email newsletter. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.